everyone. I'm Katie. I'm V. And we're here to talk about our favorite show, The Bold Type. That is still our favorite show, even though we're mad at it right now. <laughs> we both are feeling in our feelings. Yeah. Uh, so be prepared for this podcast. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we appreciate you. Thanks for following us on Twitter at This Lesbian Shit and for subscribing to us on iTunes. And please rate and review us on there. So we have a new one to read for you. This is from Aussie101 who says, People who are as passionate about this show, not only do they talk about the episodes, but they go into detail about fun little things on the show. Also, they give new perspectives on scenes and relationships. <laughs> Kadina. So this week, we're also not going to do an icebreaker again, just because we need to do a lot of processing on this episode. So this is episode 207, called Betsy, and it was written by Matt McGinnis, and just, what the fuck, Matt? You've been here since day one, buddy. How did you... (laughs) There's no excuse. And then it was directed by Marta Cunningham. And before we generally get into this episode, V and I are just struggling with our feelings because this is the first episode ever that we Mm -hmm. both just, like, didn't like. It's hard to process not liking an episode of a show that you've loved. And... That's going to be this podcast is us working through that. And I still believe in this show. And I think that um, something else that we should also say similarly to what I think we said last week was that these are our two perspectives on how we feel about what happened in this episode. And I'm prefacing because it's we, we're talking about guns and it's a heavy topic. Guns and open relationships. <laughs> My biggest question was how... Do these two things go together? And the answer was they don't. So we start at Jane and Sutton's apartment with Jane preparing for her first day back at Scarlet. She's going through different outfits and comes across what she refers to as Sutton's clarinet. (laughs) This is the first sign that this storyline wasn't going to go well. Because the fact that Jane believed that was a fucking clarinet is ludicrous. Like, that's the biggest plot hole. She should have told her it was like a saxophone or something. Yeah, What clarinet? What clarinet is that size? (laughs) Like... Come on, Jane. Oh, my gosh. Also, I just don't understand how you all have been living together and Jane hasn't, like, questioned its existence before, but whatever. And it's all of a sudden, like, what's up with your clarinet? So then we find out that it's Sutton's shotgun named Betsy. And Jane is very shaken by this. And um, we jump to Jane at Scarlet. grilling Sutton about it like she's very obviously emotionally upset that Sutton has had this gun in the apartment Mm -hmm. and she's like Sutton are you a member of the NRA and Sutton is trying to explain her perspective on how um this was part of a high school activity that she did and it was like something she did for fun I was really irritated with Jane's judginess I understood Jane's judginess (laughs) so just about me i don't like guns because i work in violence against women so i'm confronted of the violence that can happen at the hand of a gun on a regular basis and i just have a huge personal thing against them so i related to jane on that side of things Mm -hmm. But I also understand Sutton's point of things, like being from the South, like guns are everywhere, especially shotguns. Like I've spent plenty of time 
like summers away at homes with guns and I never felt once that my life was in danger or unsafe because of it. Mm -hmm. So there is some complexity here in both of their perspectives. I will say that. I would agree. And I was going to say, so I grew up in the South and I had plenty of guns in the home um, because my father was a hunter. And I also work in a field where not quite to the same degree that you do, but um, do see how guns play into violence and and stuff like that. Um, But as we'll continue, you're a bit more on Jane's side and I'm a bit more on Sutton's side. I'm sorry. I know everyone's going to hate me for this. They might not. I mean, I think it's pretty mixed in terms of how people feel about it. And I think it's interesting that they're they're showing us these two perspectives. But the problem is that it feels inorganic to Jane and Sutton yeah. completely. Like on a show that is very character based and character driven, they chose to let the plot drive this entire episode. Yes. So that's why this whole tone of the episode just fell completely on its face for me because to me it's just not realistic in the society that we live in that they don't know these things about each other Mm -hmm. first off so the fact that we're even just having these conversations feels inorganic if they are best friends they have to know each in my opinion they should already know a lot about where they stand on guns Mm -hmm. and just the political climate that we live in with jane being a political political reporter yeah i don't see how you can't live in our current world with all of the shit that happens and not have conversations with your friends about it which would lead into conversations about how you feel about guns yeah like they're not just co-workers at scarlet where it might only come up in in certain circumstance like they're all literally best friends that know everything about each other they talk about everything so it just feels inorganic to come about in this way. Mm-hmm. This felt like the first time that the bull type chose a kind of hot button topic solely because they address these things. It was a hot. It felt like the first time that the bull type used a topic because they wanted to talk about it instead of using something that felt organic to its characters. I think maybe part of the problem is. Sutton has never been a vehicle before to major social issues. Mm. Sutton's major social issues in the show have related to the workplace. And we have no history or character basis for this for her. I think episode 9 might make Sutton's perspective in all of this make more sense in her reactions. But I felt like we should have had it first. Or, like, it would have made more sense if we'd had the road trip home and then the storyline rather than the way that they did it. The drinking game yeah. for this podcast episode is the amount of rants that we go on on how this didn't make sense within the context of the series of the show. Yep. So then we have Kat roll up to Jane and Sutton, and Kat finds out via email from Adina that she wants to have lunch with her. So apparently Kat and Adina are living together, but they're not having the greatest communication. And Kat is visibly upset about what this level of communication means for them. Mm -hmm. And Kat does the whole, like, I shouldn't have told her. It meant nothing. She's regretting it. I think this shows a lot about Kat and where she is in this relationship. This specific scene does. Like, I think it's immature that you're 
you're like, why I shouldn't have told her everything would be fine if I didn't tell her. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you told her for a reason, Kat, because everything wasn't fine and you needed to talk to her about it. Yeah. So it just shows this level of immaturity um, in a relationship from Kat by saying that. But I also think that's like a real human emotion yep. that the fact that her and Adina aren't communicating, I think this is really throwing her about her relationship and she's scared of what that means. I think she's very uncomfortable. And so she's regretting it because of the discomfort it's causing, because if she hadn't said anything, then there wouldn't be this awkwardness potentially. Yeah. And it shows too, that she's uh, still a little focused on what it means for her. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Not even, the relationship as a whole or Adina as a whole um she's focused on what it means for her if she loses this relationship yeah which is normal I mean I think that's what people think but I think it's very clearly that yeah I was gonna say I think that we continue to see that throughout the episode that Kat is just very fixated on I I mean I think that's like part of who Kat is is (laughs) She tends to think about herself, and it's not until shit hits the fan where she's like, oh, fuck, I should think about other people, <laughs> which relatable. Yeah, cat. and I don't think there's – and I want to – yeah, and I want to be clear. Like, I don't think there's anything malicious here. Like, and I don't think it's that she doesn't care about Adina yeah, or doesn't no. love Adina. I've seen people say that, and that really bothers me because you're failing to realize where Kat is – developmentally as a character because you're not just able to be an emotionally mature person overnight Mm -hmm. cat is still only two months into this relationship with adina to expect for her cat from the first season who does not process her emotions or feelings well to just be able to be a hundred percent what adina needs and deserves right away it's just incredibly unrealistic cat was thrust into a very serious relationship because of circumstances but just because of the intensity and seriousness and the gravity of all of the circumstances doesn't mean that cat will suddenly grow up and learn how to deal with this shit cat is cat has never been in a relationship and now she's thrown into a heavy as fuck first relationship she's gonna fuck up because she doesn't know how to do this shit i think kat is purposely not acknowledging the visa issues with adina as long as adina's in her world i think that's what matters to her i don't think that she's fully able to think about on a regular basis the outside factors that might pull Adina out of her world. So then we see Jane walking into Scarlet and then Sutton is needing to get a Balenciaga bag for Oliver for this this emergency shoot that he has coming up and so Sutton is needing to tap into her Brooke connection, even though she's kind of deteriorated that after the last episode. It's just awkward when she calls the guy and, like, tries to name drop Brooke, and I don't feel like it helps. So we are at Kat and Adina's apartment, and they're having lunch together, and... In this scene, Adina asks Kat how many women she's kissed. Mm-hmm. And Kat is immediately thrown off by this. I think you can tell. Yeah. And she's like, only one. And then she's like, well, two. That didn't mean anything. 
And we're like, yeah, we fucking remember Kat. She's and so awkward when she answers. She's so uncomfortable. Then Ad- she is. And then Adina seems uncomfortable in the scene to mm-hmm. me, too. But she's like, well, I don't think it didn't mean nothing. Like, mm-hmm. I think it meant something. Yeah. And I think you're having this, like, need to explore your sexuality. And Kat says, well, can I do that with you? And Adina makes an pretty big point here that she's been out for 10 years and Mm -hmm. she knows what she likes what she wants she's very secure in herself and Kat has no idea and so she thinks she might need to you know actually explore this and before we even get to the open relationship proposal Kat is like very anxiously eating her food like she cannot tell where Adina is going with this I think Kat was scared that Adina was going to break up with her probably again I mean paying attention to the way that the women played it Kat does keep staring at Adina for like where are we going like looking to her for cues and Adina is not looking at Kat really she's very avoidant she's yeah she's still like they hadn't been yeah they hadn't been communicating there's still there's still this distance between them in this scene Mm -hmm. like we talked about before like it's very noticeable considering like their past history Mm -hmm. of like physicality and um Kat is like obviously respecting that in Adina, but you could see like she's she's missing something. Mm-hmm. And then when Adina proposes the open relationship, I want to pause just like, you what? before you do that. So because this part like really stuck out to me was when uh, Kat says to Adina, "I can explore with you," and Adina says, "It's not the same." Do you remember how she said it? Because it's kind of snippy, like. She's irritated, and then she says, and I don't want you to resent me, which doesn't sound as snippy, but seems more, like, painful. And again, she says this while, like, staring at her food and not looking at Kat. And for me, these are the first indicators that what is coming is not okay with Adina, even though she's the one proposing it. With her saying, like, she doesn't want Kat to resent her, like, I do think that is what Adina's feeling and Mm -hmm. part of why she proposes it. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, that's not all you're feeling. I need to know a little bit more about what you're feeling here Adina and she goes through this list very methodically about this open relationship it has to be like weekdays the weekends are for them Uh it has to be safe Uh um it has to be randos I can't be she's nice about it she's like new friends I'm like whatever Adina okay (laughs) There there can't be emotional connection involved and um, Kat is very thrown off by this still, mm-hmm. it feels like, in this scene. Um, and Adina is so determined. She's like, I feel like we need to do this for us. Yeah. I needed to see how Adina got from being unsure where it left them as a couple to being, like, absolute and this is what they needed to do. I wanted to see them have this conversation together because I think that I can take it as the whole like I don't want you to resent me and I can use that line for me to fill in how Adina would get here but I am left uncomfortable with that being her reasoning and like her setting up all these rules and they didn't talk about it together (laughs) I wish it would have been a cooperative decision (laughs) so I understand in this scene there being a lack of reciprocity from Kat's perspective 
because she wasn't anticipating an open relationship being brought to the table at all here. So I think it's understandable she would need time to think about that and process it and figure out what's important to her. But I think there's maybe two things involved here that are happening that I just needed explore more explicitly. Mm-hmm. So I think one thing that's clear is the show is wanting to pursue an open relationship. Like, they're making it very clear that Kat and Adina are very different levels. Like, Adina has been out there, and and then Kat is very new and has never been in a relationship before. Um, she has a lot of growing to do um, and has to grow up in a very, like, intense relationship i could understand the concept them wanting to have them explore this open relationship where they can kind of find a middle ground together like so i think that's what they wanted to do in the scene i just don't think they did it the fact that she feels the need to do this for cat mm-hmm. i needed that explored a little bit more adina says that She's doing this for them together. Mm-hmm. How does this open relationship remotely benefit her other than she gets to stay with Kat? Like, and this is why I, I don't know. This is why I've been nervous about this open relationship because I felt as if though this is exactly where it would be stemming from is that Adina loves Kat. Adina knows that her time in the U.S. is limited. She doesn't want to be without Kat. She recognizes that she's standing in the way of Kat's exploration, which she thinks is important and healthy and needed. Maybe it's okay that Adina's reasoning behind this is that she feels like to keep this this relationship with Kat and for it to grow, that Kat needs to do this. But I just needed more of why Adina thinks that other than she's scared that Kat's going to resent her. I have something... I wouldn't call it a theory. I'm always wary of sharing like my thoughts because I don't like being wrong. But I have also considered the possibility that Adina is doing this to like, I don't know, set it up so that when she leaves, like trying to leave Kat in this place that's like, okay. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe it could be where it's like, you're, you're showing this attraction to other women right now. You know, I don't want to just leave you with nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be. I don't know. I've considered that. I don't know how realistic it is or if I would like that. But it's something I've considered. And Kat's motivations going through this scene. Kat trusts Adina like 110%. In terms of steps in their relationship follow Adina's lead because she's never been in a relationship before. I think that might also lead into Kat's motivations on thinking that maybe she does need to do it. Even if Kat is unsure if Adina, who's been in several relationships, who loves me and wants to be with me, thinks this is what we need to do. Then maybe it is something I should do mm-hmm. for a relationship. Um, so I could see uh, that makes sense within their characterizations, but like, I've said before, my biggest frustration with this whole thing is television is a visual medium. Like, we shouldn't have to connect the dots this much with everything in their story together. Especially for something that's as big as open relationship. Um, then we have a little brief Jane Sutton meetup where Jane has in her research and she tells Sutton that it's illegal to keep guns in, uh, like, the apartment without everyone living there's explicit permission in New York City. 
Of course, Jada would look this up. Yeah, it, it. <laughs> and to me, the whole problem with it is that and didn't tell Jane. Like, I would be pissed at someone keeping a gun and didn't tell me to. I think it's very justifiable um, how angry apartment. Jane is about this because, like, as frustrated as I am with Jane being judgy, I think that Jane is completely within her rights to say, we share this apartment. You can't have this in the home and not tell me about it. Yeah. Um. Then we go to a pitch meeting which is just a strange pitch meeting. They're talking about love, and then Jane pitches that she's everything of her best friend but her gun. And, yeah, that's a flashy statement and everything, but also, here's the, here's the time. The time has come. Sage might have more screen time this entire season than Alex Crawford. Oh. Yeah. Where Where is Alex? Yeah, why Alex is nowhere to be seen. I don't even remember the last episode that Alex was in. Neither do I. I'm actually annoyed at the bold type for making me care about a male character for like the first time in my life and then him disappearing off the face of the earth. You know what I'm upset about is we are not getting the one male character that I like on screen and we're having the male characters that I don't give a shit about. And I was hoping when Jane got back to Scarlet. They could at least have Jane steal all of Alex's ideas again, but, <laughs> and I've never thought I would say this, but I think the show is focusing on the trio to the extent that it's disservicing them. They're not developing the characters that support them enough. Mm-hmm. Then we're only stuck in their perspective. We can't see a fuller picture of their motivation. So that's why Jane feels a little bit um, preachy because we're not seeing the perspective of the characters she's pitching against. That's why this episode didn't work for me with Kat and Dina because we were so rooted in Kat's perspective. Like thinking back to the beginning of this season or last season when every storyline is about Kat that we've had with Kadena ultimately, we still got enough of where Dina came from mm-hmm. that it felt fully fledged. In this episode, there was nothing to me about where Adina was really coming from. I agree with you about how they're not giving us enough of these secondary characters and that it's doing a disservice to the trio because I think that we're getting too... I don't know. I feel like I'm like getting, I'm, I'm especially annoyed with Jane. Like I need someone for her to like be talking to, to like balance out my irritation with her. And I need Kat to be doing more talking about what's happening with the relationship. I need Adina to be more present. But I mean, and we'll talk about this later as well, but just like the whole, like, is this intentional or is this messy writing or like the Kadena bit? So then we jump to the fashion um, closet. Um, where they're talking about how Sutton owns a gun. They're, like, clashing. Jane and Sutton are conflicting on their on their gun perspectives and points of view. And Kat is literally just there. And Jane's like, are you okay with this? And Kat's like, oh, well, I don't really know enough to understand it. And I'm like, Kat, how do you not have an opinion? You are a millennial woman whose best friend is a political writer how have none of you talked about this before? The fact that you don't have Penny Nine Guns when this episode even aired in 2017 is outrageous. They're like just over a year removed from the pulse shooting. 
the fact that Kat would have no opinion just feels disingenuous to me. I would agree. I, I just, I can't, I can't imagine any person in, like, living in our country right now would not have an opinion on guns. And it wasn't even like she was trying to play mediator. It was like she didn't have an opinion. Yeah, like um, she never thought about it before. And then Kat talks to Jane and Sutton about the open relationship that Adina has brought up and how Adina thinks she needs to explore her sexual curiosities and how she thinks she's going to do it. Jane says, well, you're doing this for you and Adina, right? And Kat says, yes, of course. And I'm just, hold up a second. Can we rewind can we process? How did we get the cat thing she wants to do it? Yeah, this is the part where I, I get upset. Um, I think that, like, I was uncomfortable when they discussed the open relationship, but the way that they executed this scene really, really upset me because you go from cat looking confused as fuck and uncertain and, like, she just really just doesn't seem like gung-ho about this over lunch. And how much time has elapsed between lunch and this fashion closet meeting? It's literally the same day. This isn't a next day conversation. Exactly. Has it been an hour? Like, how long has it been? And Kat's like, I wanted her to say, this is coming up. And then I wanted both of them to talk to her about it. And then Jane's to say, well, this is for your relationship. And for Kat to say, yeah, you know what? It really is. Okay, I think that I should do it. But I feel like she went into it already having made up her mind and I don't understand how the fuck you went from like but I can just explore with you and all of those confused faces to like hey I'm doing this thing guys I wanted to see Kat process that a little bit more you just have no fears I was like what are the stakes like is there a fear that like I don't even feel the fear that their scary relationship won't make it yeah, this is yeah, this is definitely where I started to get upset and it just goes downhill from here. And if people can't tell by the limited amount of cursing, I mean I feel like I'm doing a limited amount of cursing for me. <laughs> that this is indicative of just how fucking broken I am. And like I don't know if this sounds like I'm against them doing the open relationship. And I wasn't. I just don't understand how the characters are making their decisions Mm -hmm. in the episode. I would agree. I'm like, I'm totally not against them doing an open relationship. I mean, I kind of thought that what would be best is if they broke up because I think that Adina would only do an open relationship for Kat and I don't think that's healthy. But I'm not against them doing an open relationship. I'm not against Kat exploring. I'm just very much against how they've executed in this episode. There's so much interesting story potential here about choosing an open relationship and not breaking up because they both truly love each other. I I kind of feel like they bit off more than they could chew. Like, I don't know why we got the gun storyline and this together. It was just too much, which just goes back to my whole feeling of like, this isn't organic to the characters. You just chose this topic and it's just fucking up the entire episode. It being the B-plot in an episode Mm. that was already not well executing its A-plot, I think really did it a big disservice to the storyline and left a lot to be desired in this relationship that the majority of your audience is invested in. Mm -hmm. Um, The good thing about this scene was like, Kat asked 
Gainer son if they ever wondered if they were a little gay or bi. It's almost like sometimes. And um, I thought that was in character for both Jane and Sutton. Um, I would agree. Jane is so, so straight. And we all know that Sutton is open-minded. And then we have Jane interviewing Sutton. Yes. Sutton about her opinion on mass shootings. And I was like, what kind of fucking interview question is that? Sutton had the same reaction. Called her her out on. Yeah. I think Sutton's going to tell you right now. (laughs) She loves them. She's happy with them. Um, And I feel like this is a very weird conversation and a little bit not smart. (laughs) They tried too hard to show two sides of this story almost. Like usually, even though they like to explore an issue fully, they take a strong stance in it. This whole conversation felt weird because they were like trying so hard. I feel as if I've heard people um, talk about like Sutton feeling a little bit out of character and I don't know if I agree or don't. I need to think about Sutton a hell of a lot more as a character to formulate my real thoughts on that. But I know that when I watched it, I just kind of thought like, I do, I get where Sutton's coming from. Jane is being super judgy. She's like, it is, it's aggravating. You're going to feel attacked. And I would get just as defensive and say the stupid shit. Like when Sutton talks about that bronzer or whatever, (laughs) like I would make stupid comments. That's true. Like that's where I felt like, I don't really like minimizing the dangers them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like that's what Sutton was doing in this scene. Yeah. I think that she was minimizing, but I think that it totally came from like a play. Like, I think she was just being defensive because Jane didn't feel like she was coming into it with an open mind. And so Sutton was on the defense and just ready to like complain. I, I didn't like, you know, some of the things that Sutton said, but I understood how she was so aggravated that she was being a bit irrational. <laughs> True. And like I said before, like, when you get into arguments with people that you love and care about, you tend to say things maybe that are a little bit more irrational. Mm-hmm. Then we have um, cat tindering and not finding much luck. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you swiping? I'm not sure about some of these you're swiping on, cat. <laughs> um, I didn't pay attention to any of the women. I was... I <laughs> You know how I get. I'm like, no, mm-mm, no. At this point, you were just like, yeah. <laughs> I just, out. it's too so fucking like, fast. Can you give me a fucking day to get through it, Kat? Yeah, she's really ready. Like, you've just fully accepted everything. Um, I wanted a little bit more of Kat processing this. I wanted a lot more of Kat processing this. And then we go to um, Sutton showing off her gun at the apartment. She gives some insight to her life, which is nice. Um, I think it helps a little bit to understand Sutton. There was so much exposition here that if this was laid out more strongly for Sutton's background throughout the season, it's worked a little bit better for me. But it's like all grounded in this one scene. Mm-hmm. And then the other perspective is that jane is traumatized by columbine which i completely understand how someone who like lived and grew up near columbine would be traumatized by that and that specific storyline especially in light of recent events in our country can like grab at your heartstrings i just think it's random as shit that this is just coming up now between the three of them he's on the level of this friendship 
Mm-hmm. How do they not know that? Yeah, again, it feels as if though this was plot-driven rather than character-driven. I feel like they're trying to make everything work for this story, and it doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel real. How do you not know this about your friend? And Kat doesn't have a fucking opinion at all in this scene. And, you know, someone wanted us to talk about how, you know, and light of violence against people of color with guns in this country, Mm -hmm. um, how that would affect Kat and how, you know, it's maybe lacking that Kat didn't share that opinion. But that is so nuanced and deserves so much time to explore in the narrative. I think that they would have to completely get rid of this open relationship delve into that perspective for Kat personally um, because if they just had Kat talk about it here I would be like alright we're going to need a lot more of that yeah it would um, be a one liner and that would be aggravating so because they weren't interested in giving Kat a perspective here I don't think it would work to even give her that and then I just hate this part especially Sutton like I know you're going to bring up argument but like to have Sutton tell Jane that guns don't kill people people kill people mm-hmm. right after Jane discloses this like traumatic event with guns that affected her mm-hmm. feels completely disingenuous to me I don't mind you maybe incorporating that into the storyline because like that is part of the conversation around guns in this country but like the fact that you as a best friend to this character would make that statement. Yeah, I just think that she could have expressed the same sentiment in a very different manner, like a much more kind and loving manner that I would I would be like, okay, I can see this like in a character, but the way that she delivers it is really harsh and does not feel like a best friend. She's usually a little bit more understanding. Yeah, I feel like it. I mean, we've seen Sutton get upset, like, um, when she got upset. Oh, my God. I can't remember the episode. It was in season one where she goes to sleep at Richard's because she's pissed at Kat about the job thing. So, like, we see Sutton get, like, upset and go off a little bit. But I did feel, especially right there, that it felt off. And then we go to Jane meeting with Jacqueline, where Jacqueline is basically telling Jane that she wrote a completely unnuanced article without really diving into multiple mm-hmm. perspectives. And, um, you know, probably a valid criticism, and I don't d- doubt that Jane did that at all. <laughs> My annoyance with this scene was how, like, she's like, are you mad at me? You seem annoyed. And I'm like, she's your editor. She's just ch- helping you. I just was a little bit thrown off by that. I mean, I wasn't. I mean, Jacqueline did seem more cold than Jane is accustomed to, um, which I think was intentional. I don't think that Jacqueline wants Jane to feel as if though she's falling right back into, like, where she's left off. Like, I don't think she wants her to be complacent. I don't know. I I feel as if though Jacqueline was cold and Jane, of course, is going to read into that and freak out and bring it up. I guess I, I see that, especially where we end up with them. But I just was like, this is first interaction. I think you're reading like you're reading pretty hard into that, Jane. Yeah, that's Jane. Um, <laughs> that's Jane. You're right. So then um, Jane calls Pinstripe to work through her feelings. Yeah, I thought it was super um, weird that she reached out to Pinstripe. She's like, oh, when we went to that bar place she's a whatever. security guard exactly i was like okay so you're yeah, calling like, him for that guard. <laughs> literally this is how pinstripe is relevant right now 
Sutton is in the car being fake, trying to make things work with Brooke to get what she wants. I thought that was hilarious, but also, I was also irritated with this too, because we've seen Sutton be really good about working with people and, like, getting what she wants, and she is just being way too fucking obvious, like, with Brooke. Like, she understands that Brooke is irritated with her because she blew her off a shit ton, so you can't fucking call her and be like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, we haven't seen each other in forever, give me that bag. Like, Sutton is smoother than that. See, I think they're going for a bigger thing that the gun part took away from, Mm. and this is all part of it. And then we have, apparently, Kat and an Uber driver flirting with each other. Kat was um, seated in the front seat, and I was like, bitch, you have sat in the back with your friends before you get your ass in the back seat. I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I can't believe it's gonna be this fucking Uber driver. But I didn't feel like this, like, any chemistry between them here, did you? No, I didn't. I saw the, I saw, I, I, I'm not calling her by her name, Uber. That's her name. Uber. Um, her name is Uber Driver. To yeah. Me. So her, I saw her like trying to make eyes and like, I don't know, she bit her fucking lip and shit. And I'm just like, no, I'm not. No, I see no chemistry. All I see is red rage. Oh, and, then, <laughs> and then tears. <laughs> Don't, don't cry yet, baby. We haven't even gotten to the worst part of it. Oh, it's barely even started. The only good, a good line, a good gay joke we should have got fucking more of this season um, <laughs> was that when Bridgerford like reached over her into the glove box mm-hmm. and like, um, like did like a boob graze. Oh, like a lesbian boob graze. And Cal's like, isn't that just a boob graze? <laughs> I like that. I thought that was great. And, of course, call your straight-ass friend Jane out. Oh, yeah? In her straight-ass comment. But I was like, maybe we should have seen that fucking boob graze. Maybe their chemistry would have worked a little better no. for me. No, you know what? Because seeing Cat um... be giddy about it <laughs> fucking pissed me off. I'm like, stop being happy! <laughs> I hated it! Her normally adorable little smile just cut my fucking heart into pieces. <laughs> I'm not laughing at your pain. I'm laughing at my own pain. Um, because it's easier that way. God. So then they all shoot the gun and Jane hates it. Would be me. Like, honestly, I completely understand Jane here. I will never shoot a gun in my life. I refuse to. So Jane hates it. She doesn't like shooting a gun. And I really um, related to Sutton. And- because I was like, yeah, baby, get that shot. <laughs> and then... um. Jane feels, like, scared, though, by it, mm-hmm. and Sutton, like, blows up Jane, where she's like, don't you trust me, I'm your friend, and I was like, yes, I don't, weird. I don't understand how you can't comprehend while shooting the gun that Jane would be extremely scared based off, like, her history and trauma around guns. Mm-hmm. Again, I felt like I just didn't understand how this connected, because... Jane is having a very visceral reaction. Like, she's just, she's very, yeah. she's, like, really freaked out by holding this gun. I didn't even think she was going to shoot the gun, in all honesty, um, because I could see how stressed out she was. And I really wish that Sutton would have recognized it and would have been like, Jane, you don't have to do this. Like, you've come out, you've watched all this, you don't need to shoot. And then they go from 
Jane saying how uncomfortable it made her feel because she can feel its potential for harm and death to Sutton focusing on her trustworthiness. It's not whether or not you're trustworthy. It's the potential for harm that this object holds. And, you know, I would have maybe liked if in this storyline, like, before Jean shot the gun, like, Sutton could, like, sense Jean's fear and say, you know what, Jean? No one's asking you to shoot a gun. Mm -hmm. No one's asking you to hold a gun. But if you can sit here and see how I'm good at what I do, Mm -hmm. I know how to handle a gun, I know how to be safe about it. If they would have explored that difference a little bit and shown Sutton's perspective a bit better, you know, I think it would be interesting to show that, you know, it may not be something for you, but if you do have this trust in a person and are able to see that they handle guns responsibly, that you can still feel safe and secure in that environment. I think that could have been maybe a more interesting way to explore it. I think that they could have done it a lot different um, and made it a lot better. I feel, I just feel like they tried, they tried to make something happen and they ju- it wasn't lining up. It just doesn't work and aggravates me. It was too, contri- yeah, it was too contrived, mm-hmm. I think. Then we go back to Kat's apartment and she's messaging the Uber driver on Instagram a good on her for finding her and Adina is like brushing her teeth and ready for her day and she's just trying to have a, a, a um, general conversation with Kat. Um, Kat's like awkward mm-hmm. trying to not talk about what she's going to do that day and and Adina senses it and she kind of like braces herself and is like okay I know we're not supposed to talk about it but you can relax everything's okay. And this is where I'm confused, okay? I just think that they need more episodes, that they need to, to take more time with this story because we go from that emotional I love you and then very quickly after that we go to Kat's kissing Daniela and confessing which shakes Adina up so much that she has to leave and she comes back in this complete like loss of I don't know what we're going to do. And so I've figured out in my mind how she's reached this idea about um, having an open relationship. But for me, I for, I very much believe that Adina has reached the point of we should do an open relationship because she doesn't want to lose Kat, nor does she want to be resented by Kat. So then in this scene, for Adina to go up to her and say, relax, it's okay, the, the way that Nicole played her was more of the affectionate Adina that I'm accustomed to. And so that act almost made me believe that she was okay with it but I don't think that she's okay with it. I'm just fucking confused. Okay, so how I'm interpreting the scene is like, I actually kind of liked the scene because this is, I just needed way more of this scene. If I got like a couple more of scenes like this, I think the open relationship would have worked better for me because I think still up until this point, like Kat is kind of trying to figure out where she's going in this open relationship. And Adina here is making the first step to cross this tension between them to kind of solidify their connection together in guidance, like I said before, that Kat kind of searches for Mm -hmm. in her connection with Adina. She's, like, very reassuring of her, like, this is okay. We said this was okay for our relationship. She, like, connects physically with her and kisses her. And I'm like, "Is is this the first time they've kissed since... Confessed everything yeah. to her. 
oh, if like, we're going based on all of this tension and that you kind of see episode in the beginning of this episode. So I think it's important. It's establishing their connection together again. And I think it, it kind of maybe says something about the open relationship that Adina broke this rule, like her own rule to talk about it. Because I think not talking about it wanting to talk about it to me says something about a new mindset and all of this uh-huh. but i also think it kind of shows she knows that cat needs to do this but also understands that cat wants to be able to get something from adina through all this I don't know. I needed more. It's not that I didn't like this scene. It's that I didn't understand how we got from point A to point B. For me, the scene was about establishing Kat and Adina's connection to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did like that part of the scene. I was wondering about the kiss. And I feel as if though I've seen other people comment on this or someone in like the tags. Um, where I feel as if though Adina like doesn't want to stop kissing cat and cat goes away and i don't know if i'm i didn't feel that Mm. i didn't feel that when i watched it i felt like cat was very much into the kiss the whole time i feel Um, like she was into it too but i feel like adina leans forward and is continuing the kiss and cat breaks it off and leaves i felt like it felt normal within their dynamic of each other like cat is leaving like this isn't just like a (laughs) middle of the road like let's just make out in the kitchen moment like this is a goodbye kiss and like a reassurance kiss that Dina is giving Kat that I think Kat like willfully reciprocates I don't know man I don't know it gives me feels it gives me unhappy feels so (laughs) we have two different takes on that scene Um, I know I think this is the most that we are having like different um opinions Jane and Pinstripe talk again. So, like, fuck you, Pinstripe, for harassing Jane about Ben. Like, I thought the same thing, though. A... Why can't you just be a friend to her? I would maybe care more that I think they're to, like, a Jane Pinstripe endgame if you just Pinstripe be a good friend to her a little bit. Like, it's not who he is, though, I can Katie. Deal with a... <laughs> I can deal with a little bit of teasing, but... Oh, I just didn't like that. And I feel like he said what I was thinking as a viewer, where I was like, Jane has reached out to Pinstripe twice to talk about this gun thing, and I don't understand why he is in any way kind of like the person to talk to about guns. And so I'm like, where the fuck is Ben? Like, isn't he like your man? Like, shouldn't you be talking to him about this shit? And so when Pinstripe brings it up, I'm like, this is exactly what I'm thinking. You're being my voice. And Jane says that he's off doing whatever the hell he's doing. But I still don't understand why... You don't need to play it. You don't need to play it that overtly to me, though. Like, I think they're kind of telling you what they want you to think. Like, Jane is reaching out to Pinstripe Uh when she should be, like, seeking that in other people. But, like, I can tell that's what you're doing in the scene. (laughs) The one thing I did like was how he talked about, like, you know, she said, who's your Jane and Sutton? And he's like, I don't have a Jane and Sutton. Like, I did like that little bit of dialogue because... I think that's emphasizing like how fortunate that these three girls are that they have such an intimate, great friendship. And then this whole conversation is this idea of like, what's the difference between being uncomfortable and safe? Mm-hmm. If we delved into this part a little bit more, I think I would have liked the gun storyline. 
more like Jane is uncomfortable, but is she unsafe? And how could you maybe work through that nuance a little bit? There's just so much more that could have been gone into further depth and discussion all around the gun thing. It, it was just, it was too much. Sutton meets up with Brooke um, and Brooke blows her off. And like, we've known this thing was with Brooke was bad. It's bad news from the beginning. Um, I guess the full wake-up call that Sutton needed on what it means to play this game and make these connections. Yeah, I mean, again, I was I was irritated with this because I just think that Sutton is better. I don't know, maybe I just need to chalk it up to like her being so desperate for the bag. But I'm just like, oh my god, Sutton, you're doing such a shit job of trying to like get this bag by being so fucking obvious about how desperate you are for the bag. And of course, she's not going to want to give you the bag. You blew her off all this time. Like, this is again, this isn't a friendship. This was a, you know, like, it's the person that you hang out with because they're fun. You need to know what the hell your relationships are with people. And... She fucked it up, and there are consequences to that, and I just don't like the way that she is trying to get the bag from Brooke. I mean, Brooke is not the best person ever, but, like, <laughs> I understand that I she doesn't want to give her the bag. Like, yeah, I feel like this could have made more sense, I think, in what they were trying to do with Sutton's storyline, but failed to do. Okay, watching this scene, I was so uncomfortable the first time. But, like, I had processed everything, so when I watched it the second time, I was like, you can do it, will be fine. And I still had to watch it between my fingers, and I'm feeling that same feeling internally now trying to talk about it mm-hmm. that I felt when watching it. I was, like, like, reverting. Do you see my lips? I'm, like, my lips are so pursed. <laughs> also, shame on me. I need to be careful what I ask for, because <laughs> la- at the end of last season, I was like, give me some awkward gay sex and I wanted <laughs> I need to be way more specific in that request. I would love to see Kat and Adina. Oh god. Oh my god. Fine. Okay. So this is the scene. So okay, first the one thing that did make me laugh where I just felt like I was like, oh my god, Kat, you are such a gay where you just are like laying out all your fucking shit to like this chick that you're just trying to fucking hook up with. She don't need to know your life, Kat. Just have sex with her. God. Um but fine, whatever. Honestly, I'm pretty good sure for you. Like I'm pretty sure she fucking uses no strings hook on cat she was your uber driver she was your uber driver they're kissing um they take their shirts off and then cat's like be gentle with me and <laughs> again for a second i laughed and i was like be gentle with me i was like i thought that you'd progressed in your topness cat are you telling me that you're still very much a bottom Girl. so i thought the whole point of this dream was that you wanted to get, go a little wild <laughs> god and she's like go to town <laughs> i can't with that i can't i'm sorry yeah it's like visibly thrown by this other uh-huh. this is like a two bottoms interaction <laughs> and they she's got to figure this out and so she like tries to be dominant and like i did laugh when she pushes her on the bed i thought that was so funny and then i was also like get it to fucking gather if i have to see you do this i need you to own up to this shit like this awkwardness is being uncomfortable how naive was i after she pushed her on the bed i was like that wasn't so bad Oh my god. I was I was stupid from the beginning where I was like, Kat's gonna be too flustered. She's not gonna be able to do it. She's gonna leave, right? She's gonna leave. Oh. 
So That's the right. song here, Deep End by Licky Lee, and the an interesting lyric in it, like right when Cat like kind of dives in, is um <laughs> it says I was only gonna touch it, but now I'm in it. And I'm wondering if that lyric was intentional in a sense that like Cat was really kind of only gonna like try to figure out her attraction to women but like this open relationship thing kind of steamrolled ahead of her faster than she was anticipating and she was she found herself in it so she was like I have I have to like commit and go for it now but maybe that wasn't her original intention Mm -hmm. and I think that's an interesting idea that Kat this thing kind of just happened because she felt like it needed to happen I don't I wonder if Kat has like fully process if what she's wants or not mm-hmm. um something that i feel like could have been fleshed out more is why she needs to do that sexually <laughs> without adina like I, I get where they were going with it i just could have dealt with that being fleshed out more mm-hmm. i think cat you know maybe didn't intend to kind of go this far um and she's like thinking that maybe She's thinking that she should, but doesn't necessarily want to, um, which right. reminds me of the fashion closet. But she makes the comment of, why else would I have kissed that girl and like replayed it in my head a hundred times or whatever? So it's like, I feel as if though she's looking at things and she's like, oh, well, this is what it must mean without necessarily feeling it or believing it on her own. Like she's finding, like she's making it work. Yeah, I think maybe it falls into this idea that She's kind of viewing Adina as, like, her guide here. If Adina suggests it, like, Adina would never lead her astray. So maybe this is what she needs to do. Um, And so she's kind of rolling with it. And so I don't want this to sound like I think, like, Adina is making Kat do anything and Kat doesn't have her own agency. Kat's confusion from last episode, I think, is, like, still evident in her actions it's just not explored as much in this episode as it was in the last episode i just don't think they pushed it out yeah i don't think that they did which is why i'm so fucking pissed <laughs> then jane makes a half-hearted attempt to relate to sutton's point of view and say like i understand that this is more complex than i was initially giving credit for she kind of like brushes this off and and kind of moves on trying to figure out this bag situation then we have cat having she's still in the middle of like having sex with this uber driver i have to say that she makes a fucking noise and i don't fucking want to hear her you know who i want to fucking hear adina adina that is who we should yeah that is annoying sex with that is annoying. We get to hear this random fucking Uber girl, and we have to listen to fucking Jane moan. Yes. Like, that's a valid complaint. Also, why the fuck does sex in the broad daylight with this random Uber driver when Kat and Adina have to have sex by moonlight, and it's, like, not even a full moon. It's, like, a crescent moon, <laughs> like, the smallest moon, like, so you can barely see anything, and you... I don't need to see I'm all just this. Like, I don't need to see this much. They need to have sex by one candlelight. <laughs> so I can't see it at all. I get it. She's exploring and trying to figure out what she does and doesn't like. And 
what I care about is what it means for Kat and Adina because I'm invested in their relationship. So you could have cut a lot of this scene mm-hmm. out and given me time between Kat and Adina and how they're processing through this open relationship. If I even got probably maybe one more scene that fleshed out Kat and Adina's perspectives through this whole thing, I might have liked this open relationship but instead i had to sit here and watch cat have awkward sex with this chick and like i'm all for like funny awkward sex scenes on television i think they're great but like in the context of them not developing this open Uh relationship i couldn't even like the scene or like what it was doing and that's so frustrating because the show has done such a good job at showing queer sexuality so far it could have worked for me if they established the open relationship better because I'm still so stuck on Kat and Adina's feelings that I can't even take a moment to to even process what's happening on my screen. I'm like, okay, Kat, so you're just fucking this other chick and tying her up. Where is there any sort of understanding on Adina's like emotions or your emotions? Why the fuck is this here right now and this is what i've felt about like i just i do not understand the decision on how they devoted their screen time i should fucking time how much time they fucking devote to this shit we didn't need to see all of this i think we had more or the same amount of screen time between cat and this fucking uber girl if kadina is our main ship is the ship that we're supposed to care and i think that most of us do care about i do not understand the decision to devote this much screen time because in all honesty you don't need all of the screen time on it you could still deliver the same meaning with Kat doing this with giving me so much less and you know do I enjoy seeing two women have sex yes of course (laughs) but I like yeah like I'm not trying to lie about that I feel like they, I feel like they read it potentially. I don't know if it's read wrong or and it's an intentional fuck like fuck with us kind of thing. But like, I just think that if you're delivering gay sex, like I just don't. This isn't the gay content that I want. I don't want to see Cat learning about dominance with her. I don't want to see Cat tying her up. I just, I fucking wish that she could have had this exploration with Adina. I don't understand how in two months of having sex together that Adina isn't like, let's explore all of the shit, Cat. Like, let's do all of the things. I know what I like. <laughs> let's figure out what you like to do. I saw something just to like laugh, cry for a second. <laughs> I thought something someone said on Twitter during the live tweet was fucking hilarious. What they said. Where they were like, I cannot believe that Kat's first strap-on experience is going to be with someone not Adina. <laughs> Why do we get to see, like, fun sex with random people? Exactly. What? Let's explore... If maybe we explored a little bit Kat and Adina's sex life was like besides their like mm-hmm. intimate moments, which mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not hating on. Like I love those too. Like I want those. But like if we're talking about like sexual exploration, like I just am a little confused. Adina is a very experienced mm-hmm. woman and I'm sure likes a lot of different things. <laughs> so like she seems very satisfied in her sexual relationship with Kat. So I'm just like, what haven't you explored together? 
and this is like the frustration that I think this is a little bit of frustration that I've had with gay lady relationships period is this jump into domesticity and I've appreciated that they didn't really jump into domesticity right off the bat with Kat and Adina we had that like oral sex scene um first episode but I think that also tied for me at least as you can tell I don't like when things are what I consider boring you know Ben bores me I like things to be exciting and so I do appreciate the intimate sexual acts that Kat and Adina have I think that it shows the intimate emotional connection that they have but they're also a very new relationship I want to see them so fucking like attracted to each other they fucking have to rip each other's clothes off as they get in the door like I want to see all of that which we've gotten to see with like Sutton, which we've gotten to see with like Jane and her dudes. So like, I don't mind the intimacy being shown on screen. In fact, I love it. Like one of the things that make them so special is their intimacy. But like, there's way more to them than that. And we deserve to see it Mm -hmm. in the same way that you do with straight couples. Mm -hmm. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we're going to get some, like, good makeup or reunion sex or something out of this deal that we're being forced to suffer through right now. It better be fucking good to fucking soothe my soul. They made me watch that shit. Then Jane meets Sutton shooting Rand, and I'm not going to break down their dialogue, but basically Jane tries to assert the gun was about Sutton wanting control, and... How the fuck did we get here? I don't understand. Yeah, we talked about things feeling contrived, and I this is one of those things where, like, in my opinion, or at least the way that I was perceiving the episode and, and Sutton's relationship with her gun, was solely that of someone who engaged in an extracurricular activity, and this object holds um, memories and emotional connection. And I have a trumpet that I have moved from every fucking state that I have moved to in the U.S. since high school, which was the last time I played. I haven't played that shit in forever, but I'm not letting it go because it holds emotional weight for me. And that's what I thought the gun was for Sutton. And in, and in my opinion, that was enough of a reason for to her to have it and keep it. And then this conversation shifts into control, which, like, I know that, like, we know that Sutton's mother is, like, she's got her shit going on or whatever. But I just feel like they tried to make something happen that wasn't necessarily happening. I, I, I didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. Well... Maybe the reason I was so mad at her calling it a clarinet was because I played the clarinet in middle school. But, like, I could understand that. And then I could understand the resolution to the story more. But, like, I feel like what they were trying to do was continue Sutton's overall character arc. They were trying to emphasize this lack of control in her life and show what it meant to where this decision that she made in the beginning of the season to take control of her life actually resulted in her feeling like, her life spiraled out of control in terms of like still being assistant and needing to move up, um, not having connections to get that extra step forward, losing her relationship to Richard, having, you know, this lack of family support. I get that's where they wanted to go, but because they tied this gun storyline to that, just didn't work. I'm there with you. Um. <sighs> okay, I'm pissed. I don't know how you felt about this, Katie, but I'm fucking pissed. I'm. So, I have mixed feelings. Oh, I am so angry at Cat, and like I have said this many, many times that I've related to Cat, 
and this is like and this is probably why I'm so angry at Kat and I had to really really think about like was I projecting my own shit onto this I probably am, but still, I'm, <laughs> I'm angry at Kat because she fucking comes home late as shit, her girl is asleep, fucking let her sleep, you wake her ass up to fucking tell her about the shit that you, fu- like, it's completely selfish, Kat is so fixated on her own needs and desires, like, she wants to talk about this, and I get it, I get it, I have had Adina's in my life, and I have been a cat, and I have hurt people, and that is what upsets me, is that cat can't look beyond herself and her needs, this was a rule, Adina said we don't talk about it, and I get that she's giddy. Fucking text Layla, cat. Fucking go to Jane or Sutton's. You've gone at three in the fucking morning when you're drunk as shit. Don't wake up Adina to tell her about how great this was. And, oh my god. And then I don't know if you want to talk about Kat, because then I'm going to go on a rant about Adina's face. Okay. So, I have a different perspective on this scene. So, first, let me say, like, this is also from a second viewing. But I don't like that Kat woke Adina up in the middle of the fucking night when this is a night that is set in stone that can be out having sex with other people. So, like, Adina probably went to bed knowing that's what you were doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Even that's okay, but, like, I just feel like it it's not the greatest that you woke her up in the middle of the night to talk to her about it. But... I feel like this scene is a is supposed to be and what I feel like the show if they gave us more Kadena scenes this could have been explored a little bit more it would have worked better for people because yes it's Kat crossing this boundary but I think it's showing like Kat and Adina have are already crossing these boundaries both of them to talk about it like Adina in the earlier scene um and Kat here. So I'm wondering if this is intentional in the sense that um, maybe this open relationship isn't what they wanted. Um, I'm not sure because it's the, the how it was written is, is throughout the episode is so like it's hard to tell what they were going for. So this is just a possible interpretation. Mm-hmm. What I thought was important about the scene was. Adina, like, isn't sure that she wants to, to have this conversation with Kat. But Adina does decide that she is okay with it, even though she's, like, stealing herself. I don't know if she's, like, fully ready to hear it, but she's, like, okay. Kat mentions that she feels this need to connect with Adina. So I think that's it's important in the sense that they're trying to establish this connection between the two of them still throughout all of this I think that's what they intended in the scene and I think that says a lot about Kat like even though she's exploring this open relationship she still has this desire to um, connect with her and I understand people wanting Kat to have this conversation with like Jane and Son or friend but I understand, like, Kat feeling like the only person who can understand this experience for her is Adina. And I'm not saying that's right, that she's putting that on Adina. But I think that's Kat's perspective in doing so. And I would agree with you that I think that Kat 
the way she said, she's not doing it to make Adina jealous um, or upset her. I think that she does want to make a connection with Adina, but I still think that it's very selfish. I think that Kat could have fucking slept on that shit, talked to someone else about it, and it could have come out up in a less... It could have come up in a way later on that would be less emotionally difficult, I think, for Adina, um, because the way that Adina, like grabs her hair and she's like okay but we're not supposed to talk about it and she's like oh it must have been Mm -hmm. such an experience all I feel is Adina like you said stealing herself is Adina's woken up in the middle of the night to her giddy as fuck girlfriend after some sexcapade that she has already established she doesn't want to hear about because she's doing this because she thinks it's what Kat needs and she doesn't want to be resented and there, there's a woman that she loves who wants to talk to her about these things and of course Adina is going to be selfless and say I can handle it mm-hmm. and I don't believe that she can handle it Oh, which again I know is a bit of me like projecting I just don't believe that she wants to hear it I don't believe that she can or wants to be able to handle it I think that this could have gone differently but I think that it is real what happened as much as it upsets me it's yeah real. yeah I think that they do end in a, in a good place with it I think um, even though initially Adina's not great um, with wanting to hear it, like it becomes less about Cat having sex with someone else in the scene, and more about like Cat and Adina's connection to each other. I just think that if we would have gotten more scenes about establishing the emotional weight and the emotional stakes of the open relationship, this all would have flowed better. I think Aisha and Nicole and their performances through all this were really great. Um, I felt like when I just focus on the scenes and not focus on their execution, I think you can see slowly throughout the episode Kat and Adina connecting more with each other again, like from the first point to the end point. But there's so much left to be seen Mm -hmm. and we should have seen it yeah. Um, to make us believe it. Um, and I, and so I think some of the awkwardness and some of the, the maybe missteps in the open relationship are intentional in the sense that this is going to pl- open things up down the line on where Kat and Anita both actually stand in this open relationship We should still be able to understand the motivations of the characters without having to read so far in between the lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I... I don't... I don't... I don't know. I don't know where we're going. I don't know how I feel. I'm... I'm a mess. We'll see how things go. Then we jump to... Sun coming clean to Oliver, and this was the best scene of the whole episode to me. I loved where it. Where she finally comes clean that she can't get this bag. She's been trying and maybe going down some routes she shouldn't have with Brooke. And Oliver is so great and lively and supportive, and um, he's singing, which is great. And he's just like, we're a team, Sutton. 
if you're honest with me and upfront with me, we can make things work together. Um, isn't it sad? Like the ending trio scene gave me no feelings because the whole drama between them all felt so forced in the episode. Like it wasn't even a reward for me. Then we get to like a Jane Jacqueline meeting where Jane has developed some more nuance to her story. Um, she's working on it. She's getting better. And we have a moment with Jacqueline where she's being a mentor to Jane, where she's like, I'm here to push you to be better and push you out of your comfort zone. Um, I, you coming back to Scarlet is not about you falling into your old routine and your old steps. It's about you still growing as a journalist. I don't have a lot of feelings about it. Do you have nothing? No. I like, I, I like the Sutton Oliver thing. It made me happy. I'm too emotional right now. Jane and Jacqueline, I, I don't know. I don't have a feelings. I've said this before. Jane takes the most, just probably because she aggravates me so damn much, um, that it takes the most for me to like get into her shit and I've only watched rewatched this once and it took a lot of effort to like focus on the Kadena shit that I really I don't know haven't cared enough about Jane in this episode um, but I do care about the next scene I have something to say about that so the final scene is Sutton cremates her gun and I'm just like what what a fucking weird ending to this weird storyline why the fuck did she do that Mm-hmm. I was I was actually really, really upset when I watched it the first episode. It was a huge what-the-fuck moment for me where, like, I think it's bullshit because instinctively the way that I took this was... I get that this is a liberal show and I am a liberal person and we're seeing Jane's perspective. I, I just kind of feel as if there was a bit pushed that, like, Sutton had to get rid of the gun and that aggravated me because I think that the gun represented something emotional and meaningful for her and she argued that um, to some degree and so I don't understand I, I, I think that Jane is justified in not wanting to have the gun in the house, in the apartment I completely agree with that and I don't think that it should be there um, but I just why couldn't the gun go back to like her mother's place or like I just I don't know I don't like that she got rid of the gun it really upset me I don't either. Like, I just felt like this was so weird of an ending. And, like, the if, like, we were talking about earlier, if the gun was more about this, like, connection for her and this memento, like, I could buy the, the like, cremation of the gun or whatever it was more. But here I was just, like, really, we had to sit through this whole gun storyline and deal with this for it to end nothing I would have you know what I would have liked better if they didn't tie up this bow at all if they would have just left Jane and Sutton on different places mm -hmm. and not done anything with the gun yet and just been left in this limbo I think I would have even liked the story better um, and one of the things that is not a compliment to a television show is when it feels like they tried too hard yeah like, and so like our like general conclusion thoughts they My... bit off way more than they can mm -hmm. chew with this guns was not really in their wheelhouse it didn't need to be in their wheelhouse i agree i think that you know my ending thoughts on this are that it was inorganic it was contrived they missed the mark because they bit off more than they could chew 
this is the first episode of The Bull Type that I have walked away from that I do not like. Yeah, it's so jarring, too, because I love this show so much to have an episode I don't like. Um, it's It really is, like, off-putting for me. Like, just, I'm like, what does this mean for me that I didn't like an episode? Um, okay, so now let's jump into Scarlet Confessions. And everybody had so much to say that we can't really talk about a lot of it because it was just like everybody had so many opinions honestly i'm Um, way too fucking caught up in my own fucking emotions i can't fucking process anyone else's thoughts i can't process my own thoughts but but i do think there's something to be said about what someone asked us is it's like do we think there's like a little bit of a victimization of adina in the fandom oh yeah on um on her feelings in this like are we reading too much into her actions and how hurt she is based off what she's telling us and like that's such a fine line because like the problem with people reading so much into adina's actions and her feelings is that they're not showing them to us so since they're not showing them to us people are trying to figure out what her motivations are but I do, I do think to some level people are projecting a little bit their own feelings onto Adina when um, it may not be that way based on what we're getting in the show. I, I know that I project a little bit onto Adina, um, definitely. That's one of the reasons why I wish they gave Adina more perspective in this this episode because it's just so hard to know where she stands in all this. Like, to me, Adina was written like fucking Pinstripe or Ben or Richard in this episode. Like, we got nothing on where she comes from in in the story arc. And, you know, that's so weird for Adina because Adina is such this, like, powerful character that just takes up presence anytime she's on screen. That's what's the most frustrating part of all this is yeah, I, I feel and like I think that has been very developed, very much a part of this show and this story. That all that they've done for her in the past to do so little for her in this episode is completely weird. It's off. This episode, they definitely dropped the ball for me on developing her. I guess I should also mention that, like, the one thing that's like helping me not just curl up in bed and cry for the rest of my life is <laughs> is remembering this interview that Nicole did and she said something about how working on a television show is different from working on a movie because in a movie she gets to see the entire thing and where they're going with it but with the TV show she gets scripts at a time and I'm pretty certain that she said that there were things where she's like oh no this isn't Adina like this doesn't make sense and she just didn't get it but she was given pushback and so she did you know her job and then she got the later scripts and that it seemed and it made sense to her and she's like oh she's like that's what you're doing you do know what you're doing blah 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 and you know what I hope that I'm fucking remembering this correctly one and two that that is how I fucking feel come finale because right now I'm just a bunch of rar um and so yeah so 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 let's go into page six i am not in the same place that you are obviously (laughs) i am taking a much more positive viewpoint on where the story is going for one because like the bold type is a show is my happy place right now so like i want it to remain positive for me 
So after one bad episode, I don't really want to write the show off. So I'm choosing to think that this is like a one and done bad episode. Mm -hmm. Like we still have to live with the ramifications of what it's done in the canon of the show. Like I'm not disregarding that, but I'm thinking that I'm the rest of the episodes in the season are at least going to make this make more sense to us. Mm -hmm. So I'm choosing to think that this is leading to something positive for Kat and Adina. I think if we look at the general storytelling of the show, all of the all of the character motivations until this episode have been like very intentionally done um, to build on each character. And I think you could tell that they were really trying that with Sutton in this episode. It just didn't work. Yeah. So I think it's going somewhere. And if we think about the, in terms of the season, when we started the season, um, Sutton and Jane were at a much lower place in their emotional arcist characters. So now towards the end of the season, I think we're starting to build to more like climactic moments for them. But Kat started off the season in a much happier place. So as a character in her development, now at the middle of the season, like her actual like emotional arc is just kicking off i think um so i think in terms of that tied to her relationship with adina we might need to be thinking about kadina's relationship in terms of like a two season arc Mm -hmm. and not just this season yeah so i'm thinking where we end on kat and adina is more so the middle of their journey not a climactic moment like I think it'll be climactic and a good story but like in terms of their overall journey it's not like this big climactic moment in their journey it's just like the middle point on where they're going yeah so for me based off this episode I can still see it going two ways I think they're either building to this moment in the finale um true like Casablanca style where they like they realize that they love each other completely like they may be each other's person but the timing is not right for them and they um hope to meet again which will jump to like season three and Kat has like struggled to move on from Adina and is trying to figure her shit out and she she's like finally starting to and then Adina pops back up and throws everything out of whack And I think another possible route that we can still be going, which just, it really depends on how they write the next few episodes, that we end still in a a happy place for them where they've kind of worked some of these feelings out because when Kat and Adina are truly communicating, like they've shown they can work out some of their feelings and frustrations. So we might end in them like wanting to be together but separated by immigration and in a long distance relationship. Yeah, that's what uh, I thought before. I thought we were going to do an, a long-distance relationship. Nah, I don't know what I think. Anymore. So, I think both of those make sense, probably, for me, um, in their character development. Um, I'm in it for the journey. This episode was a huge bump in that journey for me. But I'm not giving up on this journey until the show tells me I need to give up. And I'm not letting one episode be that message for me that it's time to give up on on the bigger story that they're telling yeah i guess i should make that clear as like much shit as i talk and as sad as i 
<laughs> seem because I am. I am also not like I'm. I'm. I'm not giving up with the show. This episode pissed me off, but overall, I love this show. I love this story. I look forward to where we may be going. Um, I just have to be sad and dramatic until I'm not. And just a small tidbit, like I really hope this picture of Cat and Adina on vacation popping up in Cat's apartment means something Mm -hmm. like other than like this background thing to establish their relationship i want a plot point out of this shit why did it pop up why is it a specific picture of them on vacation when it could be like a picture of them at any time like i I want some significance to this picture i want it i know i I feel like we all thought that there would be some significance to this photo i don't know who the fuck pointed it out but i was like what the fuck is that photo doing there it doesn't belong there yet we haven't had (laughs) the story about it still i'm holding on i've given up all my other theories like i probably shouldn't have sold my soul to the (gasps) devil for a kadena marriage But in my defense, I was just thinking in terms of a season two arc. Also, I'm going to have to have some words for the people that put those rings on that cat promotional picture. Mm. Why the fuck were those rings there? Mm. They have no significance in her story when literally everything else makes sense on Cat, Jane, and Sutton. So, this was a lot of feelings. And, like, everybody, I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode of the podcast i know it's probably not as fun because we didn't like this episode but we have high hopes to like the rest of the episodes this season so they should be fun yeah (laughs) so i'll try to be in a better mood (laughs) yeah love y'all love y'all thanks for listening bye bye